Paid for by Johnson for Governor. This is Every Vote Counts, Utah's Race for Governor 2016. Covering the issues that are most important to our state. I'm Rand DeWitt, and joining me is Republican candidate for governor and chairman of the board for Overstock.com, Jonathan Johnson. Welcome. Rand, thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you. Well, thank you for coming on the show and giving myself and the listeners a chance to know more about you. But first, um, let's give the people a rundown on who you are personally, Jonathan. Uh, You've been married for 27 years to your lovely wife, Courtney. You've got uh, five sons, the eldest being Jonathan the Fourth. I do. Uh, Courtney and I... uh... We met when we were starving students in college. Uh, it's not a very unique story, but we were married uh, early. We have five children. They're all boys. So our house is just as loud and as smelly as you <laughs> might think that it would be. They've all gone or are going to the public schools in Utah. And our oldest son, Jonathan, uh, just got married. So we finally got a girl. In the <laughs> Congratulations. Folks, you can find out more about Jonathan Johnson by going to his website, HireJJ.com. He's also on Twitter, at JJohnsonNow. That's the letter J, Johnson Now. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash JJohnsonNow. All right, now let's set up our first topic with a brief history of the 22nd Amendment. At the end of the Revolutionary War, many people in America and Europe thought George Washington would retain the reins of power to become the leader of the new nation or even king. When told by the American artist Benjamin West that Washington was going to resign, King George III of England said, quote, if he does that, he will be the greatest man in the world, end quote. This set a tradition that every U.S. president kept to only serve two terms. In fact, when FDR served more than two terms, we adopted the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution to make sure this tradition handed to us from our founding fathers would be honored. A majority of states had followed suit, only allowing for two terms for their governor. Utah used to be one of those states, but in 2003, repealed the term limits law. Now, Jonathan, Governor Herbert said when he first ran for re-election as governor, and I quote, I think our founding fathers always believed people would serve for limited periods of time and then go back and live with the laws they've passed. What is your position on term limits? I'm all for them. Uh, I think part of the problem in politics at a state and national level are career politicians. And I think of the Lord of the Rings. And when people hold the ring of power, their character changes. And I think we see that far too frequently in politics. People have good intentions when they're first elected. They hold the ring of power and they get more concerned with being reelected than doing right by their constituents and the people. And so Utah is one of only 14 states that doesn't have term limits on its governor. I'll work to put term limits on the governor within the first 100 days that I'm in office. I'll work with the legislature to get that done, and then we'll take that to the people to amend the state constitution, just like back in the 1950s we amended the U.S. Constitution to put a two-term limit Uh, on the president, we need a two-term limit in Utah. And it's important that we amend the Constitution because once in our history, we had a three-term limit uh, on the governor. And as soon as our three-term governor got to the third term, uh, he got the legislature to repeal the law. It was just a law. It wasn't an amendment of the Constitution. Let's make it rock solid so that it stays in place. 
You're listening to Every Vote Counts, Utah's race for governor 2016. I'm Rand DeWitt being joined today by Republican candidate for governor and chairman of the board of Overstock.com, Jonathan Johnson. And you can learn more about Jonathan on his website, HireJJ.com. He's also on Twitter at JJohnsonNow. That's the letter J, Johnson Now. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash JJohnsonNow. Now, Jonathan, you have a position that government shouldn't be picking winners and losers. Can you expand on that? Well, you know, I think all too often through tax policy or regulation or uh, some form of law, government favors one business over another, Uh, whether it's the strict licensure laws that we have in Utah and what we have onerous licensure laws in Utah. We make it hard for people to enter those businesses. And so we've picked winners, those that are already in place and losers, those that are trying to get into into those fields. Through our tax policies, where the governor's office of economic development gives large tax incentives to certain businesses, but not to others. You know, if 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 I at Overstock have a tax incentive that helps me hire developers and pay them a little bit more, uh, the startup business uh, that's trying to hire the same developer can't pay as much, and we've got a government slanted field. That's not what we should be doing. Government's job is to get out of the way of business, uh, create a fertile field where businesses can grow, and then let them compete in the free market. I believe in the free market in business. I believe in the free market in ideas. And I love it when creative thinkers come up with new ways that make consumers' lives better. And today in Utah, far too frequently when that happens, existing regulation gets in the way, whether that was the insurance company Zenefits trying to do business here in Utah, whether it's Tesla trying to sell direct to consumers in Utah, uh, our business unfriendly laws are picking winners and losers and making things worse for the Utah consumer. All right, Jonathan, I understand you signed the Americans for Tax Reform Pledge. Can you talk more about your position on taxes? Well, my tax plan is very different from Governor Herbert's. Uh, I've signed the American for Taxpayer Reform Pledge committing, promising to Utahns that I won't increase taxes as governor. And if the legislature tries to do it, I'm going to oppose or or veto those tax increases. Governor Herbert's been different. Two years ago, we had a $739 million surplus. And rather than finding a way to give some of that money back to taxpayers, Governor Herbert signed in the law, three tax increases. One, he increased the gas tax. Two, he increased property tax. And three, he allowed 10 counties to increase sales tax. Uh, far too frequently, career politicians think that the answer to every problem is more money, more money, more money. Uh, I've signed this pledge so that government will think creatively, uh, think what business what areas it should stop doing, how it can do the areas that it continues to do more efficiently uh, without reaching in to the wallets, the pocketbooks, and the bank accounts of Utah taxpayers. 
Okay. Now, going into the Republican state convention, polls showed that the governor had a significant lead on you, but you shocked the political landscape here in Utah by beating Governor Herbert by 10% at this convention. And now we've seen a reversal on his position on Common Core. Uh, It doesn't seem like the governor wants to participate in any more debates with you. Uh, And we've also seen some, how shall we say, uh, questionable fundraising activities. We're about to play you some audio that was acquired by the Salt Lake Tribune by a lobby who was recording this conversation because apparently they were so uncomfortable with the way Governor Herbert was approaching the lobbyists, asking for a check before or after the meeting and saying, quote, I'm available, Jones. Let's take a listen. However, we want to do this if we need to have multiple meetings or uh, sit down and talk and you give us a check later or before and then sit. Whatever you would like to do, I'm just saying I'm available. I'm available, Jones. Your thoughts? Boy. When I heard that clip, I was just disgusted. Uh, To me, it shows a pay-for-play system. And then when I looked up the reference of what Available Jones means, it was a villain in the Little Abner comic strip series that would do anything for a price. The fact that the governor is telling lobbyists that he wants paraded in front of him, that he's Available Jones, I think is telling him he'll do anything for a price. That's not the Utah way. Frankly, I don't think it's any kind of way we should that we should be operating government. You know, the governor likes to talk about the Utah way. I think what this quote shows that he's is that he's a Chicago style politician that is handled by a few wealthy lobbyists and their clients to do what they want for him. And frankly, I think it may explain why we have such burdensome licensure laws in this state. Lobbyists and, and industry have used the government to set up moats to protect their business. That's what available Jones means. Available Jones means he'll do what people want if they pay him. You know, when Pinochet took over the government in Chile, he put up posters that said, for my friends, my friendship, for my enemies, the law. That's a very profound quote. You're listening to Every Vote Counts, Utah's race for governor 2016. Randy Witt, along with Republican candidate for governor and chairman of the board for Overstock.com. You can learn more about Jonathan and his positions by going to HireJJ.com. That's HireJJ.com. On Twitter, go to at JJohnsonNow. That's the letter J, Johnson Now. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash JJohnsonNow. So moving on to another clip that was acquired by the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, And in this clip, we have Governor Herbert's campaign finance director, Liv Moffitt, as she lays out the basis of their fundraising strategy based on a recent event with prominent Utah lobbyist Doug Foxley. And what I really appreciate about this clip personally is that so rarely do citizens of Utah get an unvarnished, unfiltered glimpse at the transactional nature of the governor's office. Take a listen. Doug Foxley, we, I gave him, we gave him two hours. We paraded seven clients in at his office. We went to their office, 20 minutes, collecting checks, talking specifically about their issues. I'm not, we're not going to do that for $1,000, but that's something. Talk to me. We'll schedule it. They can come and have 15, 20 minutes with the governor. And uh, anything we can do to get that jailer money in. Jonathan, what did the citizens of Utah who don't have thousands of dollars do to get one-on-one time with the governor? Well, I've seen what some have done after this available Jones quote. Uh, Some have 
held bake sales, trying to get enough money to get in front of the governor. Uh, some have set up GoFundMe pages to try and get enough money to be with the governor. When I'm governor, uh, it's not going to be a pay-for-play system. Uh, if people want to come and meet with me, I'm going to make that possible. Uh, one of the things that I've learned on this listening tour that I've been on around the state for the last 18 months is that there are different perspectives around the state that all need to be heard and synthesized into doing what's best for the state. It's not just the wealthy that should have access to the governor and say what they want done. It's all Utahns of all shapes, sizes, and political beliefs. Well, I tell you what I would like to have happen. Here we are in the middle of a free market. Free market of ideas should also rule. You know, one of the things that frustrates me is the governor's unwillingness to participate in debates. He says, I'm available, Jones, but apparently he's never available to debate. He can make time for fundraisers, and when presidential candidates come in uh, into the state, he's always there for their fundraisers. He says he'll go anywhere, anytime to meet with people who will donate to him. What about the rest of Utahns who want to hear his positions, want to measure the man side by side with me, his opponent? That's what available means. All right. Now, we have yet another clip. And what I find really, really interesting about this one is how the lobbyist feels uncomfortable with Governor Herbert's fundraising activities. And another item that people want to pay attention to is that the lieutenant governor interrupts the governor to say that this is not a quid pro quo. Just so you know, because this will be unprecedented for me, because I am going to be going on the high giddy-up campaign uh, for the next few weeks, the state's going to be run by Justin, Lieutenant Governor. So I will go anywhere. I will meet with people who will come to your office. You bring them in. And we will give them quality time. Uh, but we've got to raise the money. And there's no way to the bus. We've got to raise the money somewhere. Jonathan Johnson, Republican candidate for governor, your thoughts. Well, and let's not pretend that this is a one-time mistake. No one ever gets caught the first time they're doing this. We have the governor and his fundraiser saying, parade your clients in front of us. Give us money and we'll listen to their ideas. And then there's one lobbyist who's got a conscience who raises her hand and says, I'm very uncomfortable with that. It doesn't seem ethical. Only then does the lieutenant governor say, oh, no, 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 this isn't a quid pro quo. And the governor says, yeah, that's right, there's no quid pro quo. But then he says, 
We may disagree, but you bring your clients in and we'll give them the results they want. Are you kidding me? That's a pay-to-play quid pro quo. And one of the things that I think is so hypocritical about this is our Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox made his name calling for the impeachment of our Attorney General John Swallow when he was doing just this. But now that it's his boss, even though he's the head of elections in this state, he's stone-cold silent on this. He should be making a stink. This is unethical. I also think a big problem here is the governor says, I'm handing over the running of the state to Justin Harding, his chief of staff. Who elected him? Who elected him? Uh, The lieutenant governor. He happens to be unelected. He was appointed after the prior lieutenant governor left. The governor should be running the state. And if he has time for fundraisers, he should have time for debates. It does speak volumes when you've got a lobbyist saying that they feel uncomfortable with a situation like that. Well, and I'll tell you, look, I'm a registered lobbyist because I go talk to the legislature for issues that relate to overstock. I'm a registered lobbyist because when I work to get the right to try legislation passed that allows terminally ill patients access to experimental drugs, I have to do that under the law. I'm a lobbyist because... When I'm fighting to find out how much money teachers are spending out of pocket, unreimbursed for classroom school supplies, I can't do that without registering. What we have here are highly paid, well-heeled corporate lobbyists who the governor is asking, parade your clients in front of me, not for $1,000 for 20 minutes, but for several thousand dollars. Then I'll listen to them and I'll get them the results they want. So, Jonathan, now that this audio has been released and everybody's listening to it and, and forming their opinions about what they're hearing, what are the, what's the reaction on the campaign trail uh, that you're seeing when you're talking to people? People are shocked. They're shocked when they've heard it. And they say, I can't believe this is happening in Utah. Uh, many of them say, I thought the governor was a great guy. Uh, some of them say, boy, he's been in office too long. They're concerned that this is what Utah politics are like. Uh, and I'll tell you. It's disturbing, but frankly, it's not surprising. As I've gone around the state and talked to people who've said, Jonathan, we love what you're doing. Uh, We hope you win. We think you got to win. And I've said, could you make a donation to the campaign? One of the responses I frequently get is, sorry, I can't because I can't have my name show up on your campaign finance disclosure. The governor will look at it. He will call me. He will be vindictive. If we have business in front of the state, that will stop. If I have family members that work for the state, they'll get in trouble. I think that this has shown a dark underside of Utah politics that people aren't aware of. And boy, everyone that hears it, uh, they're disgusted by it. You know, on occasion, someone who's a, a big supporter of the governor will say, oh, you know, this is just, he was promising that he would win. He didn't say, I'm going to get you the result winning the election that you want. He said, I'm going to get you the results. Whatever it is that you want, you're going to get. That's wrong. So I just want to be clear. The governor is threatening people that make donations to your campaign or help out. That's what people have said to me. They say, we don't want to help. I know folks that have had had lunch with on the weekend. Uh, By Monday morning, they get a call from someone on the governor's staff saying, 
What are you doing hanging out with Jonathan? It's not going to be good for you. You're listening to Every Vote Counts, Utah's race for governor 2016. It's Rand DeWitt along with Republican candidate for governor and chairman of the board of Overstock.com, Jonathan Johnson. You can learn more about Jonathan and his positions by going to HireJJ.com. That's HireJJ.com. Jonathan, very active on social media. You can go to Twitter at JJohnsonNow. It's at the letter J, Johnson Now. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash JJohnsonNow. All right, Jonathan, now we've gotten a glimpse into how Governor Herbert does his campaign fundraising. Let's contrast that with how you participate in fundraising. Well, there's really four groups of people that I'm raising funds from. And it's hard to raise funds as a challenger to an incumbent. Uh, One is Courtney and I have spent a lot of our own money on this. Uh, I've raided Courtney's butter and eggs account. uh, (laughs) And uh, we've spent a lot of our own money on this. Uh, we've gone to friends and family. We've twisted their arm pretty hard saying, help us in this endeavor. We've had a lot of Utahns that we'd never met before that send in $25 or $50 or $100. And boy, we're appreciative to every one of them. And then I have a good friend, my business partner, Patrick Byrne, who has been very generous. He's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to this campaign. Running a campaign is expensive. But let me assure the listeners of this. I've never been asked to do anything for any donation dollar I've received. And I've never promised to do anything for any donation dollar I've ever received, nor will I ever promise to do anything for any donation dollar that I ever receive. Well, I mean, you've got one donor, as you mentioned, Patrick Byrne, who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to your campaign. How can you not be beholden to Patrick? So Patrick and I have a, 14-year relationship uh, as business partners, as when I was at the general counsel of the company that he, he founded, he and I disagree on a lot of things. Uh, and we've gone head-to-head on a lot of things. There are things that we agree on. Patrick has said to me, Jonathan, I'd like you to be the next governor. I see the leadership style that you have. I know the good things that you can do for this state. I disagree with some of your policy positions. And just so you know, when you're governor, I'm never going to ask for a favor. If people are cynical about that and they say, well, it can't be true, he's going to have influence, all I can say is I've never made the promise and I never will make the promise to do anything for a donation. All right. Now, earlier in the show, we talked about how after your electoral success, Governor Herbert has reversed his position on Common Core. Now, you have pledged to end the Common Core mandate. How specifically will you get that done? Well, I'll tell you this. When I'm hiring a leader into my organization, one of the things I look for is someone who can align disparate interests behind a common goal. The common goal that everybody involved in education has or should have is to make sure that our children are getting a great education that they're learning how to learn, and they're learning to love to learn. Look, I know people have different ideas on how we do that, but a leader knows how to get people that have different interests behind that common goal. Uh, It's not going to be easy. If it was easy, it would have been done. But I think that's one of the leadership skills that I bring to the table. Find out what their interests are, how they want to accomplish that, and then collaborate together to get to our common goal, even if it's through different ways. We can do education well without Common Core, 
we can do education better without Common Core. I'm convinced that working, whether it's with the unions or the state school board or the state office of education or the legislature or parents, that they all have that goal. It's just getting people on the same page to how to do it. You're listening to Every Vote Counts, Utah's race for governor 2016. It's Rand DeWitt along with Republican candidate for governor and chairman of the board of Overstock.com, Jonathan Johnson. You can find out more about Jonathan and his positions at HireJJ.com. That's HireJJ.com. On Twitter, you can find him at JJohnsonNow. That's the letter J, Johnson Now. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash JJohnsonNow. And Jonathan, what do you think? think the key elements of leadership are? You know, when I'm hiring a leadership at Overstock, there's three qualities I look for, and they all start with the letter A, which makes them easy to remember. I look for somebody who knows how to analyze problems, who doesn't always have a solution at the fingertips, someone who's willing to ask questions and study best practices and figure out what the right thing to do is through analysis rather than just a knee-jerk reaction. So the first characteristic is analyzing problems. The second is someone who can allocate scarce resources. Now, at Overstock, that can be time, people, space, money. In the government, it should be taxpayer dollars. That should be the scarcest resource that we have. Not always looking to the people for more money, more money, more money. That's why I've signed a pledge, a promise that I won't increase taxes. How do we allocate scarce resources? Well, there are some things the government should stop doing. Why we're in the business of operating state-run golf courses that we subsidize with millions of dollars a year, I don't get. There are a long list of good things, but we have to say these are good things we're going to do and these are good things we're not going to do. So, the, And then the third A is someone who can align people of varied interests behind a common goal. That's what leaders do. They analyze they allocate, and they align. All right. And as we wrap up the show, I've got one final question, and that is why should the people of Utah vote Jonathan Johnson for governor? I'm a leader. I'm not a manager. And I view Governor Herbert as a manager. Managers work the best they can within the system. Leaders, they challenge the status quo, particularly when the status quo isn't working. Utah needs someone who understands not just how jobs are created, but how careers are created. That means good-paying jobs that allow a family to buy a home and to get ahead. I've built a Utah-based business that's created over nearly 2,000 jobs in Utah at Overstock.com. I know what it takes to create careers. Utah needs someone who understands technology and how it changes lives. I've been part of the technology revolution in Utah as Overstock's been an e-commerce pioneer. Utah needs someone who understands what leadership is and how it unlocks human potential. Under my leadership, Overstock's thrive by empowering our employees to think and act for themselves. I want to bring that same style of leadership to Utah so that individuals and families can think and act for themselves without overburdensome regulation. I will focus not just on the things that Utah does well, but on things that aren't working. That's why people should vote for me. 
Folks, that wraps up Every Vote Counts, Utah's race for governor 2016. Uh, Jonathan Johnson's been joining us today. Uh, he's a Republican candidate for governor and also the chairman of the board of Overstock.com. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Rand. It's been great to be on the show. Uh, and as he mentioned, you can find out more about all his positions at HireJJ.com. That's HireJJ.com. He's also very active on social media. You can go to Twitter, at JJohnsonNow. Once again, that's at the letter J, Johnson Now. And also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash JJohnsonNow. And folks, primaries are on June 28th. you got to get registered. Uh, you must be a Republican to vote in this primary. Uh, you can get all of the information you need either on JJ's website, HireJJ.com, or you can go to Vote.Utah.gov. That's vote.utah.gov. That's every vote counts for now. Utah's race for governor 2016. Again, go to vote.utah.gov. Paid for by Johnson for governor.